There are students looking at your school's website right now. What are they going to find when they get there? And how are you going to increase your chances that they'll actually interact with you and your staff while they're on your website? In this episode of Chats What She Said, which is a collaborative effort between Mongoose and Enrollify, you'll hear Nicole and Zach talk about ways to do just that. So please enjoy this episode of Chats What She Said, presented by Mongoose. I mean, I don't answer the phone even when I know who's calling. My voicemail isn't even set up. If you want a response from me, you need to text me. Welcome to Chats What She Said, a special podcast series in collaboration between Enrollify and Mongoose. Each month, tune in for fresh ideas for communication strategies and tactics that attract, engage, and delight Gen Z. I'm Zach, founder of Enrollify. And I'm Nicole, director of marketing at Mongoose. You can subscribe to this series and access other podcasts, e-courses, videos, and more at enrollify.org. And if you want to learn a little bit more about Mongoose, you can do so by heading to mongooseresearch.com forward slash Enrollify. Welcome, Nicole. Good to be chatting with you again on this fine December day. It's a it's cold yeah. here in DC. What's what's the temperature like over there? Oh, it is up and down um, here in Buffalo. It was snowing last week, and then a warm front came through and blew all our trees down. And now it's sunny and nice. So oh we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we're going to have a green or white Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I'm supposed to be headed up to Deep Creek uh, next, or I guess this coming weekend. Um, which is, I guess, on the border of Maryland and Pennsylvania. And apparently, the uh, extended forecast says that it'll be snowing uh, there oh. next weekend while it's like, I think, 60 degrees in D.C. So we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that there is actual actually snow because I feel like D.C. hasn't got like a, a good snow in a while. Um, oh, really? You yeah. can come up. We'll come up to Buffalo and we'll show you a good snow for I sure. I know. Well, and uh, sneak peek for our listeners, I actually am going to come up to Buffalo uh, in the first uh, week of January. So the next Chats What She Said podcast will be interviewed in person, uh, if all goes according to plan, uh, which will be a lot of fun because we actually haven't met in person, Nicole. It's it's crazy. Um, I know. It'll be nice to actually see each other face to face, not Zoom to Zoom. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Uh, all right. So today we want to talk about various ways that hired marketers can up the student interaction on your school's website. So in other words, like how do you make your website more dynamic for prospective students who are, you know, actively researching uh, your school for folks who have, you know, even current students who are already at your school, how do you ensure that your website is a little bit more conducive to serving them the information that they need in ways that are creative and, you know, dynamic and uh, interesting. So I'm excited to, we, we've come up with just a list of like random ideas that, you know, depending on your infrastructure and the resources that you have available, some might be more doable than others. But nevertheless, uh, in the spirit of sort of like, you know, the end of the year and the optimistic sort of uh, spirit of 2022 rolling in, these are some yeah. at, at least like half-baked ideas for, for you all to think through as you consider bettering the user experience of uh, your institution's website. Uh, so, Nicole, should we just, you know, dive in here? We're just going to rant off a bunch of yeah. ideas and, and uh, sweet. Okay, cool. So first Let's idea, first idea is, 
Uh, you know, we talk a lot about, and, and really the folks at Mongoose talk a lot about the conversational marketing framework, right? Being this uh, engage, understand, and recommend uh, framework. In essence, when somebody comes to your website, you want to be sure that you're engaging them in, you know, some capacity, whether that's through live chat, a chat bot, et cetera. Uh, and then once you've engaged them, you got to understand why, you know, they're there, right? So like, what is the purpose of them being on your website right now today? And then you want to recommend some basic solution of, Hey, great. If you're looking for this, here you go. Or looking for that, you want, you'll find that over here. So what I, this quick idea is like, what does it look like to have a, some sort of pop-up? Like how is your experience so far light box? Or again, this could be done through the, you know, within the context of a chatbot for sure, but getting a better understanding of in real time, like how, how are, how is people's experience of your, of your website, right? Sometimes before you hit that like X button, you'll get a little pop-up that says like, no, don't go or tell us about your experience. But what does it look like to be able to sort of, you know, dynamically engage folks sort of along the way during their session uh, in, in creative ways to sort of assess, are they happy? Like, are they excited? Are, are they getting what they need or not? So again, pretty basic, simple idea with light boxes here or a simple chat bot. But uh, what do you think, Nicole, about essentially, you know, this checking in, we're, we're just checking in to make sure you're finding what you need, that everything's going well, uh, you know, rate your experience thus far of, of, you know, our website. Yeah. I mean, um, we always think about, uh, colleges and institutions. There's so much information that they have to put out on their homepage. And if you're a student coming in, whether you're looking to apply or you're just looking for, you know, events that are going on on campus, or maybe you're an alumni looking to see like what kind of alumni events are going on. There's so much information there. And, putting up a chat bot or some sort of message that just pops up and says like, Hey, can I help you? It's such a nice refreshing way to just like, you know, Oh, thanks. I don't have to do the hard work. This chat bot can kind of guide me through um, what I'm looking for. And then it gives you good, you know, data on the back end, kind of knowing like what your visitors are looking for so that you can use that to kind of improve your website. You know, we're thinking 2022, maybe goals and projects. There might be ways you can improve your website and your web pages to make sure that the information people care most about or searching most about are like at the top or on the pages that they're going to. Um, and I mean, just think of your own experience. Like if you're digging around on a website and you can't find what you're looking for and just a little chat bot pops up and says like, Hey, can I help you? Like how reassuring that is to just feel like, Oh, instead of me having to dig through this and waste like 20 minutes of my time, I can just chat with this chat bot. Um, but I mean, we would recommend, obviously you can, go wrong with the chat bot sometimes if it becomes <laughs> too much like a bot. And that's where the conversational marketing comes in, you know, making sure you speak like a human. Obviously the chat bot is still a bot that you set up, but making sure that the the tone and what they come up and talk to you about is in the form of a human and not so much like a bot. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm thinking too, just uh, even to make this even simpler, a lot of, I feel like media sites have those, um, they're, they're sort of like it, like a pop-up, like row of emojis that says like, Hey, you know, which best describes your experience thus far or your experience of our site. I'm thinking like, it'd be, it'd be kind of fun if a school were to do something like, and most of the, most of the time there's a, you know, a red face for angry, a yellow face for neutral, and then like a green face for happy. I, a lot of software tools do this as well, but I'm thinking it'd be cool for school to do this with more contemporary emojis, uh, like, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, describe your experience thus far, or even like describe your experience of our site compared to other college and university websites. And then it's just like a row of emojis. 
Um, and you know, then the user can say like, oh yes, you know, I'm happy or the, the sunglass emoji for, oh wow, this is cool. Like this is a different kind of experience or, you know, the angry, uh, face emoji, whatever it might be just like simple, very easy ways to understand, Hey, like if, if you get on and you, the homepage is a little bit easier, but even as you get down to the program level, there could be some really interesting data that emerges that, oh wow, like our business page, our business programs page, we've got like you know, uh, everyone's happy. The happy emojis are, are off the charts on this page. Whereas the, uh, you know, the nursing page, we're just getting a lot of like angry face emojis. Like <laughs> what's going on here? Like, is there, Oh wow. Ooh, yeah. You know what? This nursing page has a lot of friction on it. Oh my gosh, this button doesn't even work. Who knew, right? Like simple sort of like data like that could be incredibly helpful to your web team, your marketing team. Um, as you know, they think about either website redesign or just, just a refreshing of content. Um, and something like that is, is, so simple and doesn't even require like a, a full fledged sort of like uh, chat flow. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. There's a, there's a number of ways to take this, but I think ultimately what, what you're saying, uh, Nicole, which I totally agree with is trying to get a better understanding in real time. If, if you know, the, the information that is being served is helpful and relevant or not. And if it's not, that's not necessarily a bad thing. At least, you know, and then you can go and improve that. Yeah. And I mean, the emojis is such a simple way to, you know, respond without having to go into a form or like an official survey. And like we've talked about, obviously, you know, Gen Zers are much more emoji savvy than we are. And it's probably something where they're just like, it's a way where you're talking like them and you're yeah. just like, Hey, instead of like a boring, like, how do you feel on one to five about this? You know, that's going to turn off and they're not going to probably go through a form like that. But if you're just like, Hey, how do you like this happy emoji or like a dead emoji? I don't know. Then you get a quick response. You also show a little personality and you probably stand out um, from the other websites that they're browsing. Yeah, yeah, love it. Uh, all right, so idea number two. This is a little a little bit out there, um, but I, I think that this is, I've never seen a school do this before. So you know when you're like, browsing some sort of like e-commerce site, Nicole, and like it, you're looking at, I don't know, pillows or a, a suitcase, whatever it might be. A lot of them have this like pop-up. It's, it's, it's gotta be some sort of like, I don't know if it's a Chrome extension or some sort of like uh, a software where it says, Nicole, G, you know, G just bought uh, this away bag or like, you know, Zach B just bought this pillow, whatever it is. And it almost, it gives off this vibe in real time that like, oh my gosh, there is activity happening. Like people are buying these products right now. And it almost like as the, as the consumer makes you feel like, oh gosh, I got, I got to get in, in too, right? Or at the very least it like, validates the product. So I think that there's an opportunity for schools to do something like this with application starts, right? Like, you know, John M just started his application. Nicole G just started her application. Zach B just started his application, right? Uh, in a way to, again, just sort of model the same sort of mechanics that a lot of these D2C sites are, are trying to model. And I think that that would incentivize more people to start an app. Like, I, what do you think about that idea? Yeah, absolutely. I love that idea because um, I used to use that. I think it was called Social Proof, the app um, oh, at a yes. previous company that I worked at. And it does really like we've tested it out on different landing pages on like, does it raise conversion um, for our events that we're doing? And it really does um, that, a little bit of that FOMO um, playing into there. And even if you're afraid to maybe not start with like the application process, maybe you're like, oh, this is kind of like a big step and that's yeah. messing with a key performance indicator for us, maybe like an event on campus that you're doing and for student success, um, you know, people are always talking about students don't know events that are going on, or we're having a really hard time getting them to engage with us, having on your events page, like 
a social proof tab where it shows all these students who are attending your event, Ooh, probably yeah. is going to make people more interested in attending those events. So maybe start there, see how that goes, and then start. I love the idea of experimenting with like admissions forms or other forms and adding that little FOMO on your website. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Events make way more sense too, because I, I, I do think it's, even as a prospective student, right? Like wondering, Hey, if I sign up to this open house, am I going to be the only person that's there? Right? Like it's showing yeah, exactly. other people signing up and saying, no, 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 no. Like you're going to have, there's plenty of people that are also checking out this university. I think it does also just elevate sort of the brand in your mind of like, oh, wow, in, in real time, if you're seeing three or four of these names pop up, there must be something special about this university or this college that's worth like looking for um, if, if you don't know it already. So super, super simple idea. And yes, I, I do think it was called Social Proof. So for anyone, you know, free plug for Social Proof, uh, go check them <laughs> out. So uh, next, next idea here is just a pretty general idea, but this idea that, you know, search and support should really be central to the website. So I think about like a lot of websites when you need help or like you can't find what you're looking for, you go, people go to sort of like a contact us page or like a support page. And if you're a current student, you can submit a ticket or whatnot. But like as a prospective student, you know, really you're, you're going to a contact us page uh, or a support page if you've encountered some sort of problem. Like if you can't, and if, you, if you're already mm -hmm. there and you're willing to do, you're willing to go ask for help, like you have such high brand affinity already for the site that you're going to go take, or the brand that you're going to take the time out of your busy life to go and, you know, complain or say, Hey, I can't find, you know, this page. I think about this all the time when people message us and they're like, by the way, Hey, there's a air 404 page here. And I'm like, wow, thank you for letting Hate us know. Messages. Like how, yeah. Yeah, how many people, <laughs> how did I have, miss this? How, and how many people clicked through the page previously? And like, of like, I, I do this all the time. I never contact the brand to let them know. Like, yeah. oh, it's so annoying. And yet for the people <laughs> out there that do it, you're a special breed of human. Like, you yes, know, thank you. Saint, power to you. <laughs> but anyways, like uh, search and support are, 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 are typically sort of like, uh, you know, the last resort. Right. And again, it, it does require some level of affinity for you to be willing to take your time and spend your time contacting your brand to let them know that you've encountered some sort of issue. So the idea here is like, what does it look like to actually take a search and support first approach to your overall uh, UX? And I think like this looks like having a really, really, really good site search. Um, mm -hmm. I also think it looks like, I think it has implications for website design. Like how do you make, I think chatbots are an incredible solution to this, but how do you ensure that like, it is so obvious at any given point in time that you should start, right? Your, your journey via search, you should end your journey via search. And if you can't find anything that you need in a, you know, look at split of a second, here's where you go to help. And oh, by the way, like you're not going to his page, filling out a form and then maybe getting a response two days later, like you're getting help immediately. And you, the expectation is that your experience of the website changes immediately like it, it gets better immediately so this is a kind of a vague one but what are i guess what are your thoughts on sort of like thinking about web design and web experience with search and support sort of being fundamental to to that experience yeah. no i absolutely agree i mean i've built a lot of websites in my in my time um and usually the conversation that happens is that all these people are telling us what you need on the website and they want all of it on the homepage. You know, they want all the information they want to own the menu. The menu ends up being huge and complicated. And actually most people like online behavior shows that people search. You think of Amazon, Amazon's changed the way we behave on websites. And so now you kind of expect that there's a search bar on mm -hmm. top. You can put in the keywords that you're looking for. 
and you're going to go there rather than like go to a menu pop drop down and start searching because they don't really understand the you know hierarchy that you've set up in your menu. It might be confusing. They might be looking for a different keyword that they're that you don't even realize that they're looking for. So having a search is, I think, fundamental to today's websites and making sure your pages are searchable. Um, it also gives you great data on what people are using for keywords because mm. you might they might be using keywords that you actually aren't. Um, you know, Targeting, using yeah, yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Thank you. Um, and that can help you improve your web pages even further, which will help, you know, SEO and Google as well. And then what's nice about, you know, functionalities of a chatbot is you can set up behavior um, triggers where if someone searched maybe two or three times, a chatbot can pop up and say, hey, do you need help with something? Mm. And that's where it can, you know, that's where you can start putting in some support or saying, I'm having trouble finding this. Maybe it's a bot, maybe it's a, a human um, can kind of start taking over and helping you from there. So I say when you're, you know, designing your website, search and support is fundamental for sure. We'll jump right back into the show after a quick message from this week's sponsor. The way high school students navigate the admissions process has changed. But has your outreach strategy? It's time to meet Mongoose. Designed with your admissions goals in mind, Mongoose's market-leading conversational software allows your school to create a unique, omni-channel communication strategy that helps you stand out from the competition and helps you connect with more prospects with less work. Meet students where they already are with their premier texting platform, Cadence, or instantly deliver personalized engagement to each website visitor with their AI conversational chatbot, Harmony. To learn more about Mongoose's offerings, head on over to mongooseresearch.com forward slash Enrollify. Again, that's mongooseresearch.com forward slash Enrollify. It's a really good point, too, you made about uh, the keywords people are searching for via some sort of like site search tool should absolutely impact your overall content strategy, right? And if, if a great, and, and beyond even content strategy, like uh, the amount of attention, right, and love that a particular page or a series of pages on your site gets, right? So if, if, for example, folks are mostly there and like, you know, 90% of search, search queries are around like financial aid or like how much does the college cost or whatever it is, um, that, sh that should inform how much love and attention that, the, you know, your financial aid page gets, right? And you're, you know, a lot of the time schools have hundreds, in many cases, thousands, some, in some cases, tens of thousands of website pages, and you can't treat all of them equally. Obviously, folks spend a lot of time on the homepage. They spend a lot of time on sort of like core admissions and undergrad pages. But then beyond that, it's sort of like, ooh, I don't know. Once we get the five, like, you know, the 10 most important pages done, how do we, how should we sort of prioritize the remaining pages in terms of overall experience and ex really experience uh, optimization? And I think that one of the ways to do that is to go into your site search tool and understand what are people actually looking for? And that can sort of help you kind of prioritize where to spend your, your time, your resources, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, I've been in a lot of situations where, you know, a lot of different departments think that their stuff is the top priority and it needs to be a priority. And there's usually a fight over like who gets what and where the top spots and having that search can really give you that data to go back and push and say, Hey, this is what people are looking for. Here are the five to 10 key things that we need to have readily available on our homepage. And those pages are priorities. And it's a lot harder to argue with data than, you know, just departments wanting there's top front and center. So yeah. it, it gives you good background to kind of like push back and make the right decisions that are going to help you reach your goals. Yeah. And, you know, uh, in the same vein, you know, this, this next idea just, uh, around it's, it's less of an idea and more just of a, 
you know, encouragement, like know what your visited pages actually are, right? Like know, know, especially when it comes to uh, pages that are ranking well on Google, I can't tell you, uh, I think we might've even talked about this before, Nicole, but like, I can't tell you the number of times when, uh, you know, I'm talking to a school that has no idea that they're ranking for, they're ranking really well, or they've got pages ranking really well for a series uh, of keywords. And oftentimes it's like, there's some blog that was written three years ago that has just been indexed really well. And it's, it currently, it ranks really well for some sort of like niche term, like, you know, biology programs, uh, for, you know, people that want to work in business or something like that, right? Like whatever, whatever silly kind of like long tail niche term it might be. A lot of times, a lot of the traffic from after you, again, after you sort of like take those 10 core pages of a university's, uh, domain, like the homepage, the academics, uh, page program page, et cetera, and you move those out then, right. A lot of the time the content that's like ranking really well is ranking their pages that are, that are structured around pretty like niche terms. Right. And so I mm-hmm. think when it comes to, if they are ranking well, and if the monthly search volume around that term is 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 decent, like if it's in the hundreds, um, it's really worth making sure that that page is like fully optimized. It's making it, you know, yeah. that page should have a chat bot. Probably have some sort of like custom flow too. It should ha- it should be you know have a quick ability for uh, a prospect to you know learn more about your institution. Good clear you know CTAs whatever it might be, and I think ultimately. Because a lot of people coming in off of those terms that are hitting those pages, this is like their first introduction to your brand. Like they're not starting on your homepage. You need to think differently about like, oh, okay, how is this page architected? How is it designed? What is the experience of this page? And is it everything that we would want a first time visitor that is brand new to our brand to experience um, when they, you know, uh, when they interact with our domain? And so- you know, I, I don't know what you think about that. I don't really have a great solution other than like, again, hearkening back to what we were just saying, when it comes to prioritizing which pages get a lot of love, like in what pages like get attention, understanding, you know, what pages are ranking well is a really good sort of like litmus test, at least, you know, in terms of where to start. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think most people think the online journey starts on the homepage and then they slowly trickle down to maybe a blog or something like that. But you're right. A lot of times people end up, their first interaction with you is this, you know, niche blog that you wrote three years ago that's just ranked really well. So making sure you're paying attention to those top visited sites or pages and also looking at the bounce rate. Mm. Um, For me, that's a good spot to start. If you're seeing like, oh, these, there's these five blogs that are just getting tons of traction organically on Google but look at how you can improve that bounce rate. And that's definitely where you start putting in, maybe it's chatbot, maybe it's a link to admissions or to your more popular programs that it's listed to. Like make sure there's other ways for them to get to other parts of your website and stay on your website from that page. Cause I've seen a lot of companies, um, you know, they make the blog and it's just a blog and there's no way to get back. There's no other CTAs. There's no other like ways to kind of stay on the website. They kind of think that's the end of the journey and they trickle off. And that's the mistake that you can definitely improve, you know, today without any additional investment or, you know, new technology. That's a simple fix that can definitely up your traffic and hopefully your uh, key performance indicators that you're going for. Yeah, I also think that these pages um, make for like really good opportunities to run different A-B tests 
right? So, mm. right, a lot of a lot of times folks go back and forth about like, oh, do light boxes work, or like, you know, what what you know is this CTA or that CTA more compelling? And so, if you've got a page that has a lot of traffic that you know is is an entry point for uh, you know many folks coming in off of organic search run different tests rather than like, you know, risking or, or worrying, oh, well, what happens if we throw this on the homepage or the, you know, all programs page, right? That's a little bit more of a, a risk, at least in some people's eyes. Drop drop some tests on these high-ranking blogs, right? Or these high-ranking other uh, programs and resources and see how they perform. And then that should dictate, oh, wow, like when it comes, because most of the people that are coming in off of this term are new to our website, right? And if, if they convert in this particular pathway and they click on this particular thing, that should have a huge bearing on how we think about sort of our, our marketing to prospects across the rest of our domain. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you can utilize some of those keyword um, analytics that you're getting from your search bar. So say maybe, I don't know, are people search more willing to say like apply now or start your admissions? Maybe yeah. you're like, I'm seeing these two keywords. Let's start testing them. And then you can test them on the blog, see what works, and then use those on your big pages like your homepage or your programs page and see if that improves conversion. Yeah, I love the idea of AB testing on your blogs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, another thing too, that's very closely related is like anytime you yeah want to do, want to try something new, maybe it's like embedding a video or like, you know, maybe you, mm -hmm. there's, there's this constant, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, argument around like whether or not you should embed forms on a particular page, right. When you do need forms, um, versus sort of send people to sort of a, a general inquiry form where all the conversion happens. And, um, you know, maybe it looks like, hey, what, what what does it look like to embed a few program-specific or or theme-specific, persona-specific forms on these high-ranking pages, understand the conversion rate there, and then let that dictate your response for, you know, the rest of the site. So it'd be cool to, you know, maybe maybe the takeaway for folks is like, think about your high-ranking pages that you're not really doing anything with anyways. They're just kind of like bringing you a bunch of traffic. Think of those as like your sandbox that you get to play in and test different things out before, you know, you uh, make some big, bold bet or move, you know, across the rest of the site. Yeah, I love that idea. That's great. Uh, okay, idea number five. So this is... I don't know if this is just a Zach thing or not, but um, every <laughs> I feel like every college or university website has like this, like the the the, the quick links, right? The standard quick links of like apply, like you know, uh, 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 academic success, and uh, you know, inquire or student stories or something like that. And like there's there's I think there's probably like ten different CTAs, but every institution uses like one out of the ten or or uh, like, you know a few out of those ten. Um, I see quick links though as like this really interesting opportunity to uh, build your brand and do something different and, 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 st you know, stand out. So when I think about sort of like the purpose of a quick link, right? The purpose, purpose of a quick link is if somebody knows what they're trying to find, you want to make it as easy as humanly possible for them to find that thing, right? Hence the quick. Um, and they're also sort of like, you know, the, the top, they're typically sort of the top places that people go when they're interacting with a particular brand. And in, uh, you mm -hmm. know, in our case, obviously a college or university. So you've got your admissions, you've got your apply, you've got your financial aid, you've got your contact or inquire, whatever it might be. Um, but I was thinking about this and another reason like why you want quick links is you, you want to increase like session time, right? You want to increase the amount of time people are spending on your site. So what if instead you were to say, you, you could say something, you could be a little bit uh, funny with like the copy and say something like, watch our 
university president president uh, make a TikTok or like you know <laughs> what uh, uh, see. Uh, admissions team, um, you know, do the cha-cha slide. I know that that's like dating myself a little bit, but like point being like, what, what is it, what does it actually look like to almost use? And, and you have to strike this cool balance of like making sure like you're sending people to like a page that makes sense. And, um, you know, essentially what does it look like to play with the copy such that it becomes a little bit more dynamic, a little bit more clickbaity, if you will, uh, so that people, you know, spend more time on your on your website sessions and also just it it just really builds your brand uh Mm -hmm. as something that's you know someone that's funnier or more interesting or it could even just be sort of like this like every if if you have a scrolling quick links or whatever it might be every fifth or sixth link in that you know scroll bar is something a little bit more you know punchy um but i'm just surprised that that schools don't take more liberty when it comes to using these uh, these opportunities to show off a little, you know, bit of their personality. Anyways, that yeah, was very I lo- robust. <laughs> no, no, I love that. I think that's so true. I think, you know, if you're thinking from the student's perspective, who's digging through all these different websites, they probably start to blur and start to look the same. And they've got the same, you know, stock images and terms and words, which, you know, obviously clearly needs to because you have certain things that you want to push. But then adding that little spark of personality just within, like you said, that scroll helps your, your website stand out, helps your college stand out. And then they're going to be, they're going to remember you more than, you know, the others when they're kind of doing their research and seeing where they want to go. And they'll be like, wow, this company, or sorry, this college um, has like this great personality way different than these other schools. Um, I'm, I'm more interested in kind of applying to here. So I think that's a great little, snippet that you've identified that I think others can definitely capitalize on. Well, and if anything, like, you know, I, I do feel like colleges and universities should care a little bit more about creating, you know, what I would call shareworthy content or uh, mm-hmm. if for no other reason, if a, if a high school student sees something like that and it is compelling and it is different, they're, they're likely to one, remember you, as you were just pointing out, but two, also like share it with a friend, like in this, if you're, if you're a high school junior and you're looking at college and university websites, so are your peers. You've seen a lot, like people share things that they think are interesting or funny or that stand out, right. That are different. And I think that this is just a, a low hanging fruit, you know, opportunity, even if it was just more like thematic and based off of the holidays or like, you know, seasonality, like find ways to, uh, you know, change up the quick links, make them a little bit more interesting and just see what happens, right? Like see if this, if this kind of performs, uh, better. Um, all right. Next idea is around, uh, Instagram story highlight reels of professors or, uh, alumni specifically, maybe like their, their accolades. So, you know, it seems like every social network, I think YouTube just rolled this out last week or a couple weeks ago, YouTube rolled out like YouTube stories, um, so mm-hmm. every social network like has, has like a stories feature now. Right. And, uh, I don't know about you, but when I'm, you know, on, on Instagram, I spend like way more of my time watching stories than I do kind of scrolling now. And yep. I think that that's probably true of, of a lot of folks. And so uh, I, I think that there's like real opportunity, you know, colleges and universities do have lots of stories. A lot of the times, actually people are decent storytellers, uh, that are working at, at, at schools. Uh, and they've got these like really, really, really robust, like, you know, 2000 word stories or student profiles or whatever it is. What does it look like to try to, uh, simulate some sort of Instagram story, like highlight reel of, Hey, th- this is all the really interesting, you know, research that is happening right now in our, 
you know, uh, uh, biology department, or like, this is, you know, what students who studied a business uh, have done over the past year since graduating. And I, I like the idea of like the highlight reels, because, you know, it doesn't have to be as real time, right? Like a lot of a, a lot of the problem why with why schools struggle with social media is just they don't have as many resources as they need to do tons of real time sort of like dynamic capturing and then editing and then, you know, posting of content. Right. But if you take like the highlight reel approach, you can go capture stuff and then just add to it over time, right? So that it doesn't like, you know, disappear and whatnot. So I don't know what you think about this. I think this could live on a student stories page. This could live even sort of like within um, a program page, sort of as like the top like circle of like, hey, watch this, um, watch this highlight reel. I just think it's a fun, easy way to show relevancy. People understand what these, what the story like things are. Um, and just, you know, to, to again, stand out and, and look a little bit different. So what are your thoughts on on that? Yeah, I love that. I mean, that's such a great way to show some personality and make people seem more like relatable and, you know, personable. I think a lot of times there tends to be like this kind of wall almost between, you know, like the university and like the students who are applying and they're like, I don't really know, like, this seems like a lot of marketing jargon and I don't really know like what the real side of it is. And that kind of shows your real side. And it's such a low effort kind of production too. Like it doesn't need to be fancy. It doesn't need to be the most highlighted, like beautiful edited thing. It can just be a quick um, video on a phone and it lives for like 24 hours live. And then you can add it to your highlight reel. And if it fails, it's okay. Like if it doesn't do the best, then you can just remove it. Um, It's just like a low pressure, low effort test that you can do. And if it does really well, that can help you get more people to, you know, volunteer to showcase themselves and what they're doing. And I think it's just such a nice way to show the real stories of what's going on on campus. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think what's, what's also interesting about it is because of just how we as users uh, of these social networks have just grown accustomed to the, the story-like format, there isn't the expectation that this will be this awesome, compelling, like brand, you know, video or experience. And I think one of the reasons why colleges and universities have been s- still like so slow to adopt video as like a central tenant of their marketing communication strategies, let alone their admission strategies, is because there is this kind of pressure to have something great, you know, and, and if, if it's not great and it's coming out from admissions or it's coming out from the marketing team, it looks like it's a reflection on the brand holistically, right? And so there's all this like pressure from leadership and from other stakeholders to like, if you're going to do video, like do it freaking well, right? But if, right. You, if you're positioning this and framing this through the context of like, hey, this is a story, this is akin to an Instagram story, your users, right, who use these apps daily aren't going to have that same expectation. Uh, and that, and then, you know, you, you kind of kill two birds with one stone. You get some good video content. You get some good storytelling out there. And you don't have to worry about like high production. So yeah, anyways, I think this is a good idea. I'm I'm surprised more people don't do this. I know. I think because people tend to think they have to like, I think of TikTok and Mm. they'll be like, I don't want to dance. I don't want to do this stuff. Like, I think they feel like they have to be funny or put on a performance or be a certain way, but actually just be yourself, be super authentic. You know, we talked about this in the last podcast, like Gen Zers can read right through some of that, you know? Yes. Um, and so just, you don't have to feel like you have to put on a show, just be yourself and put yourselves out there and just say like, Hey, this is what's going on. It can seem like it's very mundane compared to probably like the crazy TikToks that are out there, but it's still going to help you show your personality, make you more relatable. And it's going to stand out to those students. Yeah. I love it. Um, 
you know, very closely related. This other idea is just around video being uh, central to every RMI or RFI page. So, you know, I, I, I was talking to a school, I don't know if it was eh, last week or the, it doesn't matter. I was talking to a school recently and they were talking about the fact that I, w- oh, I was asking them, hey, what happens when you submit that RFI form? And uh, I was like, I had done it. I had submitted the form and I knew what had happened, which was nothing. And no one contacted me. Like I didn't get, uh, I, I got like a, uh, sorry, somebody did contact me. I got a call, but I didn't ever get like more information, which is which is what I was looking for. Like I, I was expecting like a packet or, you know, some, some sort of like to be enrolled in a drip sequence or something like that. Uh, so I was talking to the, the folks and I was asking them, what do you, what happens when someone submits your RFI form? And again, they didn't know that I had already done it. And they said, oh, well, you know, they get they get more information about our program offerings. They get like a program brochure, like they get some student stories and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know that that's actually like not the case. And anyways, they didn't know. And there was, it turns out there was some big miscommunication between marketing and admissions, which, you know, of course never happens. Um, <laughs> but anyways, my, my point being, I think that there's, especially in this era of people just being a little more cognizant of like what information they're giving up about themselves, I think that... Um, making sure it's really, really, really clear, like what you are giving folks on the other side of that form, and then not giving them more than that, certainly not giving them less than that is so important. So I think where video could come in is video could help like, you know, act as a qualifier a little bit more of like, hey, you're about to download this form. Uh, This is what's going to happen next, right? Like almost make it funny and punchy. Like, you know, over the course of the next, you know, three weeks, you're going to get five emails from us. And here's what's going to happen. We're going to tell you a little bit more about, you know, who we are, why, you know, why we're here, who our students are, why we think we might be a good fit for you uh, for, for college. Um, at any point in time, if you want more information, click here, right? And that could be like a CTA in the video to go to the application or whatever it is. Uh, it, you know, or if at any, at any point in time you decide we're just not the you know, right, right fit for you, our unsubscribe uh, uh, is here. And, you know, almost like show the email, scroll down, circle the little unsubscribe button, um, and you know, you can break up with us. We hope that you won't, but like, you, you know, you can, if you want, and here's how to do it. And I think doing something like this, just being so much clearer with like what people are signing up for one, it'll, I think it'll get shared. Cause I think people, no one does this Two, I think it'll help, you know, improve the health of your overall email list, right? Cause schools really Absolutely. struggle with this. If you make it really easy, you know, folks are going to unsubscribe if they're not interested and, and that's, that's totally okay. But then three, I also feel like it's just going to help set the tone and the stage. And I think even like, you know, uh, I, I think, I think students will, will, um, will actually probably pay more attention to their inbox or to their text messages. If you've mapped out like, and set expectations for what they're going to roughly receive when, so that when that, that message does come in, they're going to associate that email with that video that they watched where you explain yep. this. And then, oh, okay. Yeah. This is a part of that like Comflow thing that I, you know, that I signed up for. So anyways, again, yeah, exactly. Very long winded there, but what are, what are your thoughts <laughs> on that, uh, that idea? I love it. I mean, then they'll actually be looking forward to that email coming into their inbox, you know, instead of just automatically being like, oh, and probably scrolling past it. I mean, again, you know, it's just adding that level of transparency. I think the more upfront and transparent you can be about like what to expect and what we're going to be sending you, the more appreciative that they are. And then actually it will improve, um, probably your open rates, your email health, like you said, reply rates and responses. Mm. Um, I think people tend to think that they have to 
hide a little bit of these tactics that they're doing. Cause they're like, no one's going to sign up if they know I'm going to send them five emails. Yeah. But actually if I know upfront that I'm not going to get blasted and I know, okay, here's the five things we're going to send you. And this is exactly the information you should be expecting. I'm going to be more like, okay, I know exactly what I'm getting. And if I get anything outside of that, then I know that they're shady and did something else. Um, so I actually think being super upfront and transparent and a video is a great way, you know, it adds a face, it makes yeah. you relatable. It gives you some personality and personalizes the experience without having to have a one-on-one kind of zoom call or something. And it's such an easy video you can put up because you could just record yourself on zoom, yeah. embed it right into the page. You know, again, it doesn't need to be this high quality, high production type of thing. I think a lot of us are used to, you know, the zoom shot and it's not going to like deter them from applying. So I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I think too, uh, as, as you're talking, uh, another idea, if you if folks want to like level it up to could be something like, um, you, you know how all the, a lot of these drip sequences, they come from, you know, Nicole at mongoose, right. Or Zach at enrollify. Um, I think that there could be, but, but it's an automated email. Like it's, it's part of a, a drip sequence, right? Yeah. Um, and so it could <laughs> not even, really me writing those emails. Yeah, yeah. And it could actually be, it could actually be fun to be like, Hey, so yeah, there's a lot of people that come, you know, through our, there's a lot of people that consider university X, right. Or college Y. Uh, and as such, yeah, you know what, in order to, you know, be able to be all things to all people and give people what they need, we got to automate some stuff, right. We're, we're living in the 21st century after all, right. Marketing automation is a great thing. Um, so when you've received these emails, it's not actually me, Nicole, writing you this email, <laughs> but Hey, look, I care a lot about you and I would love to meet you personally. I'd love to talk to you directly. Here's how you can get in touch with me directly for a, you know, one-on-one call, phone call, zoom call, et cetera, you know, swipe up here, click the CTA, whatever it is. Um, you know, otherwise, you know, I'll, I'll see you later whatever it is like, you know, coming out and, uh, uh, you know, getting ahead of this and saying like, you're going to receive emails from me. It's not actually me writing those emails to you directly hundred percent of the time, but I want to make myself available to you so that if you do want to talk directly to me, I'll be here. Right. And, and then you could kind of personalize this across the board for different admissions counselors or you know yeah. marketing folks. And I think that's a good point. Um, so like making those videos very, you know, conversational and casual and, you know, personable also make sure that it's reflected in your email copy afterwards, because yeah. probably what the worst <laughs> is, is if you get some like business jargon type boring email, you know, make sure that you still have that conversational tone in your emails too, because that's just going to help relate the same messaging, have that same experience for that student and keep them more engaged. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. All right. Two final ideas. Um, and then we can, we can wrap. So first one is, you know, uh, I, I feel, I don't know what, maybe I'm just missing this and maybe this, maybe everyone's gonna be like, Zach, everyone does this, but I don't feel like college and university websites do really good when it comes to recommendation engines. So like, I'm thinking about like, you know, when you get to the bottom of an article or you get to the bottom of a program page saying, Hey, you know, people, you, you might also be interested in this program or, Hey, if this program wasn't that interesting to you, other, our other students have also considered this, you know, these programs. Um, and just I'm, I'm imagining some sort of like global, like a tier global scrolling tier that has a couple of personalized tags of like all business programs mm-hmm. or, you know, whatnot but make, making it really easy for people to understand additional options in the same way that like any sort of e-commerce uh, or D2C brand would do of saying, hey, like customers have also bought this. 
Um, so I don't know if, if you've seen this on, on schools' websites, but like how, how can schools do a better job essentially of making the prospect aware of additional options or additional opportunities to quote unquote, you know, buy, even if that first program that they're looking at that they came in off of a, you know, off of an organic search isn't particularly relevant to them. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you hit it right on the nail. Like if you, like we talked about earlier, if you have like this blog and there's nowhere else to go, that's where like recommend recommended pages is a great way to kind of keep them going, keep them on your site, increase that session time, decrease that bounce rate. Um, and I, I believe they're pretty easy to set up. I think most CRM systems have this as like, uh, a feature that you can add in. And like you said, just tag it based on certain keywords that you're trying to um, attract people to. So I think it's a really easy thing that you can implement. That's going to probably increase a lot of your metrics for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, again, it, I feel like, yeah, every, I, I feel like almost every CMS has some sort of like some sort of option here. Like I, I know schools that uh, it's like a small school that actually has their whole site still hosted on Squarespace and even Squarespace has it. So if Squarespace has yeah. it, your CMS <laughs> definitely has it. Um, I think, um, you know, like a lot of, we talk about like I'm, we're in B2B and there's a lot of talk about, you know, B2B companies co- copying what B2C companies yeah. are doing. And I think it's the same with higher ed, you know, like look at what your favorite websites are doing. Look at what is keeping you engaged on a website and try to think like, how can I use this on our college website? Because just because you're not selling like sneakers or t-shirts doesn't mean that those tactics don't work for you. And something like a recommended page, similar to like a recommended item is going to have the same effect and keep them on the site and keep them engaged and have a better chance of like getting them the information that they're looking for. Ah, I love it. I love it. Quotable quote of the episode right there. Um, (laughs) Uh, last but certainly not least, um, I don't know, Nicole, if you ever have seen NPR's uh, uh, annual like best books list, but they do this thing mm-hmm. every year, and I saw it for the first time last year. Um, and basically, what they do is they have this website where it's it, it's just a page on their website, uh, and they have this like pretty like dynamic uh, filtering ability on this page where you can kind of sort by books based off of, you know, their staff picks, their biography and memoirs. Uh, but then they get a little bit more fun and they do, they, they, uh, group books by like eye-opening reads or for art lovers and for history lovers for, you know, funny stuff is a category. Another category that they have is, uh, you know, ladies first and, um, no biz like showbiz, right? So there are these really <laughs> like funny, interesting, dynamic filtering options, um, and you click on them and you get, you know, the nonfiction books or you get the love stories or you get the ladies first stories. And I think it just adds sort of this fun element to engaging with content. There's obviously a lot of subliminal messaging in there too. Like, oh, okay. Like I wouldn't have thought that this book, you know, fell into the, you know, let's talk about sex category, which is another one of theirs, but it does apparently. <laughs> right. And so it, it's, uh, I think it's just an opportunity to build brand. It's an opportunity to look a little bit, uh, you know, be a little bit more dynamic. And I think quite frankly, help a 17 year old better understand like what these programs actually mean. So again, the application for us here is how, how could you do something like this for your program offerings? Like if you loved bugs as an eight year old and still love bugs now, right? Like, and then it's like a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, biology science programs, whatever it might be. Or like if you, you know, grew up, uh, wanting to be Tim Ferriss or something like that, like here uh, are a bunch of like business programs, just, just a way to offer a a second, uh, a second, uh, I, I guess like vehicle through which to filter through your programs as opposed to the standard 
business programs, nursing programs, biology programs, et cetera. Yeah. So I don't know what you think about that idea. Oh, I love that. I love tying it back to like what you wanted to be as a kid. Like, did you love bugs? Do you love space kind yeah. of thing? Like for the space lover, for um, the drawer or something, the, the person who never could stop writing, you know? I think it's it's a nice way to tie your programs to like an emotional aspect mm. of the person rather than, you know, the cut and dry um, program name. So I I think that's a great idea. I don't have much to add. I just think that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, um, this was fun. I, I like just uh, brainstorming ideas. This is very off the cuff, folks, but um, uh, <laughs> this is this is this is good. So yeah, if you take any one or more of these ideas, please let Nicole and I know. Um, we'd love to check it out and whatnot. But this has been fun as always. This um, has been great. Yeah. Th- thank you for your time. And um, yeah, any any parting words for our listeners? Nope. Just um, everybody enjoy their holidays. Happy New Year and see you next year. We will see you in 2022 live from Buffalo. You know what we should do? We should do like a a LinkedIn live or something while we record. That would be fun. That'd be fun. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. All right, folks. Enjoy the last few days of 2021 and we'll see you on the flip side. 